Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Draft lottery night in the National Hockey League. 6.5% the chances for your Edmonton Oilers to get the number one overall pick. And the consensus number one is Jack Hughes out of the U.S. National Development Team program. You'll hear a little bit more on him in a few minutes. The Oilers, of course, drafted first overall in 2010, Taylor Hall, 2011, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 2012, Neil Yakupov, and 2015, they had an 11.5% chance of getting the top pick. They did with Connor McDavid. The rules then changed in 2016, and they now draw the top three teams or they now draw teams to get the top three picks in the draft. Last year, Buffalo had the best odds. They held on to the number one overall pick. Carolina moved all the way up from 11 to 2, and Montreal bumped up from 4 to 3. Edmonton had the ninth overall pick pre-lottery. They got bumped down to 10th and took Evan Bouchard. But uh, the one everyone remembers, of course, is this one. And we have a winner. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL draft belongs to the Edmonton Oilers. That was 2015. Bill Daly making the announcement. Oh, that was uh, almost four years ago. And uh, Connor McDavid came to Edmonton as a result of that. But we will keep an eye on that tonight. Uh, The draft lottery show has started on Sportsnet, and then obviously they're building up the drama. But as soon as we start uh, getting some results, I will uh, keep you updated. Now, here's the thing. The Oilers could pick first, second, or third, or they could pick seventh, eighth, ninth, or tenth. I mean, theoretically, if three teams behind the Oilers got their got drawn, they would get bumped up to the top three spots, pushing down the Oilers. So, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes, and we'll keep you updated throughout the evening. The Edmonton Oil Kings in action tonight in Calgary, 7 o'clock start. Oil Kings lead the Hitman 2-0 in the best of seven. Also in the dub, PA at Saskatoon. The Raiders are up 2-0 in that series, and Spokane back home with a 2-0 lead on Everett. Spokane able to win the first two games on the road. So the guy who's expected to go first overall, Jack Hughes, for a little bit more on him. He covers the Red Wings for the Athletic Detroit, and he's near Plymouth, Michigan, so he's covered Jack Hughes as well. Please welcome to the show Max Boltman. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for making time for us tonight. It's the most exciting event of the year that involves ping pong balls in the NHL, I guess. Uh, kind of by default. Uh- <laughs> But, but it is the uh, it is the NHL draft lottery. Uh, I, I guess in Edmonton we've we've been down this road far too many times, watching the outcome of this. But uh, I mean, you're around the Red Wings uh, a lot. I guess they've been in there a couple years now. But uh, a relatively new experience for the Wings, I suppose. How does the uh, franchise and the fans uh, handle being in the lottery here? Yeah, the fans are, are obviously on pins and needles. The, the Red Wings won like eight of eleven down the stretch to, uh, to to you know decrease their lottery odds as, as some of the young players 
uh, had some really, really good uh, games down, down the end of the year. And, and so the fans were a little, didn't know how to feel about that because they, they know they want a chance at Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. Uh, and in management, you know, they're, they're trying, to, trying to see it both ways. They want to, want to enjoy the positives of the young players improving, but, but they know, you know, Ken Holland was saying it at the locker cleanout yesterday. That he's going to Toronto, crossing his fingers, hoping to get lucky in Lotto. All right. Well, Jack Hughes, the big name, and I know Capo Caco has gained some momentum throughout the year, but I still see Hughes as the as the consensus number one pick. And and you've been able to see him play. So it, tell me about seeing him in person. What kind of a player is he? What makes him so strong? Yeah, I mean, it, it's got to start start with the skating. He, he's he's obviously a very fast player, but more than that, the edges are, are pretty pretty special. The way he can he can move and change direction, he's just in full control. It seems like at all times with with where he's going, it's got to be a nightmare to, to stare him down coming at you because of all the ways he could he can position himself to create space and ultimately as a playmaker find the teammate for a really good look. I mean, so I've seen him in, in Plymouth with NTDP three times now. And one of the things that's funny that someone told me is, like, you know, he, he's not even necessarily at his best in those Plymouth games because against the USHL competition, they're usually long since up by, you know, mid-game, and then he doesn't, he's not necessarily having to, to play full out like he would in international competition. So if, if, that's, if that's not even his A-plus game, I'm, I shudder to think what he's going to do at these U18 Worlds uh, in a month here because he, he is really impressive. Uh, he's, he's a takeover-a-game kind of player. Tell me a little bit about talking to him uh, about his personality because, hey, you know, Detroit, Edmonton, Rangers, uh, you know, Vancouver, Montreal, even though I know it's a longer shot, he, he could go to a market where, uh, you know, he's going to be scrutinized and he's going to have a lot of expectations on him. I mean, I, you know, I've dealt with Connor McDavid a lot over the last four years. He's, he's very reserved. You know, he's careful with what he says and he's been used to being in the spotlight, you know, well, over half his life now, I guess, for McDavid. What is Hughes like from that perspective? Yeah, I think probably pretty similar. I've only ever talked to Connor once, but um, but, but what I noticed about Jack is he's really polished. You can tell he's he's conditioned to having the microphones in his face. Uh, he, he knows that a lot of questions are going to be asked of him. He, he's a guy who's who routinely, I think, kind of deflects to to how good his teammates are, how good his brothers are, because that's always a story, right? His brother Quinn uh, was the seventh overall pick of the Canucks last year. His brother Luke uh, is a couple years younger than him. Um, so, but he, he's always talking about you know the family and, and, and his teammates at the NTDP and, and how special all of those things are, what makes those guys so good. I think he that's something that in hockey culture tends to be pretty revered is the guys who are willing to shine the spotlight on guys other than themselves. I also think maybe it's a little bit indicative of, of a guy who, who who has talked had to talk a whole lot about himself already at such a young age. Um, and, and, you know, the good and bad that comes with that. I, I think, you know, at some point somebody at that age maybe maybe isn't, um, you know, certainly happy for, for the success and, and, and everything that, that entails that. But at some point I imagine you get a little bit sick of being asked about being the presumptive number one overall pick. But, but as far as I've dealt with him he's handled it pretty well and I think uh, certainly in, in the same way that McDavid has I'm sure he, he's going to be a guy who will, who will pick his words carefully and uh, at, at the next level all right let me ask you this one Max from what you've seen and from the people you talk to is there any way Hughes isn't in the NHL at the start of next season I would be surprised I think you know I think he's ready I mean I, he's, he's small but you know it's, it's that kind of thing where at some point uh, if you're number one, number two overall pick, there are certain expectations that are there, um, and I think he, skill-wise, I don't think it's going to be a, a real issue. I would be, I would be surprised if he's not in the league.
All right. Well, we will be finding out soon which team's going to have the first right to get them in June. Max, thanks for checking in tonight. Really appreciate your perspective. Take care. Thanks for having me. That is Max Boldman, writes hockey for the Athletic Detroit. A little bit there on the uh, Red Wings. They go into this one 9.5%, fourth best odds. Colorado, who has Ottawa's pick, the best odds to get number one at 18.5%, and the Oilers at 7.5%. So you got Jack Hughes, you got Capococco, uh, you got the Russian player third, you got Bowen Byram, who's a, a well-thought-of defenseman in the Western Hockey League. Uh, Kirby Dock from Fort Saskatchewan plays for the Saskatoon Blades. He's probably going to go maybe, you know, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, Dylan Cousins, another Western Hockey League star. Peyton Krebs, another Western Hockey League star. Some of the players that could wind up in the range for the Edmonton Oilers if they don't jump up into the top three. We will uh, let you know when they start announcing the picks. They are uh, not there yet. Obviously, the show on television from six to seven. So they're going to uh, do a lot of preview stuff and announce the picks closer to seven o'clock. We're going to have a fun show tonight. Uh, a lot of ex-NHLers to talk playoffs, share some playoff memories, and we will dive right in with Fernando Pisani when we get back. Text to 630, 6.30, this person says, hey, when is the actual draw for the draft? Well, they're going to announce the results probably in about half an hour or so, so we'll keep you updated. Uh, the actual draft lottery will have already happened. They have representatives from each team, and the uh, NHL people who run it go into a secure location, and they they do the lottery. They draw the ping-pong balls in private and then come out and announce them. So I, w- I would think it has already happened. Vic says, uh, I want to see the Oilers win the lottery, not because I want them to get first overall. It's because the fans of the other teams would show a whole new level of crazy. I am amused by small things. <laughs> that is Vic texting 6.30, 6.30. Of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs start tomorrow. This guy knows all about playing well in big games. Former Edmonton Oilers, Fernando Pisani. Fernando, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I am. Uh, I am doing great. Thank you very much for checking in tonight. Uh, look, we we all wish, obviously, that the Oilers were diving into the playoffs here, but it is it is a fun time of year, and the first round of the playoffs is, well, it's madness, and you can get home from work and sit on your couch and watch games from five to midnight uh, until things get thinned out a little bit. Now, are you a big playoff watcher since your uh, career ended, or, or how, uh, how, how heavily do you throw yourself into being a viewer of postseason hockey? Well, you know, when I first uh, stopped playing, I, it was hard for me to watch. It took me a couple of years to actually uh, to get over it. Well, not really get over it, but to kind of be able to watch playoff hockey again. But, uh, you know, the last few years here, I've been you know a fan like everybody else. There's been some, some great first rounds to watch. It's exciting to you look at the the Western Conference, and you got Winnipeg and St. Louis. Good teams going to go, and on the East, you know Boston, Toronto. It's it's going to be some some good teams leaving early. You played in the playoffs three times. Uh, of course, we all know about the the long run in 06, but you were in a couple other playoffs as well. This this night, Fernando, the night before the the series started, the night before the first playoff game. Did it feel different to you as a player? Were you able to treat it like a usual night before a game, or what did you what did you go through? 
No, you know what? I it, I think uh, for me it was just excitement. You know, like it's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. Uh, you just get excited for the opportunity because, uh, and the beauty thing about the playoffs, there's every year there's always someone that steps up and someone new that steps up, and it's not necessarily always uh, the big guns that do it. It's uh, you know, it's it's the third, fourth lines that you know that have an amazing playoffs, and those are the guys that help make the difference and have you know help teams have success. When you first played in the playoffs in 2003, uh, did like was there an adjustment? Because you know the old saying: uh, one playoff, one uh, playoff game is worth ten regular season games and sort of experience and intensity. Like, did you did you have to get through that in the opening shifts or the opening period? Do you remember? Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I remember the first the first game. It was uh, it was Dallas, and they're obviously a, a tough opponent and. But you know, it's it's a lot of excitement, and I think after you get over that first shift, uh, you could just feel you could feel the intensity of you know just magnify every time you step on the ice because every little play you know can have a uh, an impact on the game. So uh, it was obviously it was definitely exhausting, but uh, it was just so much fun. You're just excited, and um, it just felt like there's a weight lifted off your shoulders, especially for us, always kind of just squeaking in. Uh, into the playoffs and um, we were always in playoff mode going into you know into the first round just because we were always battling and trying to get in so once we got in it felt like there's just a big relief and you can just go out there and play so do you buy into that then that you got to be hot going into the postseason because that might give Colorado an advantage saying going in against Calgary that might make Winnipeg for example uh, a little less likely to win uh, against yeah. St. Louis do you, do you buy that you need to have had a good 5 10 15 game finish to to, to uh, have well, a good vibe going in yeah you know I think it helps obviously I think it's a big uh, I think it's a big advantage just because you're in that mindset already and you, you know what it's like to, you know, to battle the corner and to come out with that puck or you just, you know that every single play that if you mess up, it could be in the back of your, in the back of your net. So you're already in that mindset of, okay, I can't, I can't give an inch to anybody on the ice. So I think that's a big advantage. Obviously, you know, personnel and teams that are, that are stacked and you know strong teams like Calgary they you know they have the horses that can they can wear you down but um, I do think it's a big advantage for teams coming in that have been you know fighting tooth and nail to, to finally secure that last spot. Fernando Pisani joining us on Inside Sports as we're talking about the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs they start tomorrow. Fernando in your experience was the game officiated different in the postseason or is or is that a myth that guys like me talk about? <laughs> well there is uh, you know my first my first play I was like there was still the clutching and grabbing and um, you, you really couldn't yeah we our job was to kind of slow down Medano and I I always remember when he started winding up we we're like we got to get in his way we can't allow him to just free wheel and and get up the ice because it'll be a, a very long night for us. And you, you know, you like to think and hope that it's not the case, but uh, I think it is officiating a little looser in the playoffs, just because. Yeah, you know, I don't think the officials want to, you know, control the game. I think they want to let guys play for the most part. But 
I know they're not supposed to say that they, they do that or not, but I did feel that when, when we were playing. All right. Okay, a couple more for you, uh, Fernando. Going into this postseason, uh, is there any team you think, oh, I, I like what they're doing now? Uh, we talked about putting it together at the right time. I mean, St. Louis, Carolina had excellent second halves of the season. You got the favorites like the Tampa Bays and the Calgarys. Uh, anybody you see here that looks primed to make a push? You know what? It's I, I look at St. Louis. They've been they've been unbelievable the last little while. Uh, you know, in the East, I think Columbus has kind of started to, but I just don't think that they're. I think Tampa is just way too strong. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to see which which teams I think are going to make a move. But if I had to say one team, I think St. Louis is going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, that's fair. I think they got a good chance to beat Winnipeg for sure. Okay, my last one, and I didn't want to make this a 2006 interview because you've done that. You should write a book, by the way. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> 2006. It would sell well in northern Alberta, even if nowhere else. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw it. Just in my crescent. Yeah. <laughs> just be big in your crescent. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to throw this. I'm going to ask you this way about 2006. How many days a year out of 365, not counting me mentioning it here, uh, does someone mention the shorthanded goal in overtime to you? Or you're in public and someone will say, hey, man, big goal or something like that. Yeah, you know what? It happens quite a bit. But, you know, I, I enjoy that was uh, obviously a special moment in my in my hockey career. And it was uh, a special moment for us as a team and as an organization. So, I, I, I enjoy talking about it. I don't like talking about Game 7, obviously, but um, that was, uh, you know, a special highlight for me, for sure. Fernando, it is always great to catch up with you. I do appreciate that you make time for the show here. It's always uh, fun to have. Well, what, what, let people know what uh, where you're up to hockey-wise. Were you doing some coaching? Yeah, well, I do skill development for the Oil Kings. So, That's um, exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting, and uh, the guys are doing very well now, so... It's, uh, it's great to see, and uh, I actually do a lot of things with your co-partner there, uh, Rob Brown, where you do a bunch of stuff for uh, in St. Albert for Hockey Academy, so just lots of stuff on the ice. Good stuff. Fernando, we'll talk again soon. Really appreciate your time, and uh, have fun following the Oil Kings tonight, too. All right, thanks a lot. Take care. That is Fernando Pisani checking in, former Edmonton Oiler, and uh, yes, skill development for the Oil Kings. They play in Calgary starting at 7 tonight. Jason. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Tamara, when we get back, and once they get into announcing draft lottery results, we'll pass them along. I can promise you there will be breaking news within the next probably 25 minutes because the NHL draft lottery results will be announced. I'm I'm seeing a lot of comments on Twitter. I thought the draft lottery was at 6. Well, the draft lottery show started at 6. The draft lottery results are announced near the end of the show. 
So you watch for most of the hour. <laughs> they, they got you by a string, everybody. Six and a half percent for the Oilers to get the top pick. Of course, they they draw three teams now. Started doing that in 2016 when Toronto held on to the number one pick. Winnipeg jumped up from six to two. Columbus moved up from four to three. Edmonton dropped from two to four. In 2017, the Oilers were not in the lottery because they made the playoffs. New Jersey went up from five to one. Philadelphia went up from 12 to two. And Dallas went up from seven to three. So pretty significant movement that year. Last year, Buffalo held on to number one. Carolina, big winners, 11 to two. And Montreal edged up from four to three. Edmonton dropped the spot from nine to 10. So we'll uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, we could even start getting results while we have this man on the line, which would uh, make it fun for Jason Chimera to be on Inside Sports tonight. <laughs> Jason, how are you doing? Great, good. Always good to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It is great to have you. I, I hope I haven't pulled you away from a draft lottery party or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm having my own here. Yeah, with my kids for sure. Yeah, no, no draft lottery party. No. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting event. Uh, certainly uh, in Edmonton, uh, fans are, are are tired of watching it this closely. But we'll we'll see what yeah. happens. So the one the one thing that it was more so in the McDavid year, Jason. But people would come up to me or right into the show or call in, and they'd say to me, "Do you think the Oilers are going to win the draft lottery?" And I was like, "If I could predict lotteries, I wouldn't yeah. be worried about the NHL draft lottery." <laughs> You probably wouldn't be. You probably wouldn't be doing a show. You'd be somewhere else in Bahamas or somewhere too. Yeah, exactly. Well, I might do a show just for fun, but I, I could yeah, just do whatever exactly. I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, we're we're doing some fun stuff with just getting some playoff memories from guys and and uh, talking about the teams rolling into the current postseason. You played seventy one playoff games in your NHL career so almost a full season worth of playoff games on top of your 1107 in the regular season so you you played a lot I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Fernando a few minutes ago this night the 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 night before the playoffs started as a player did it feel different could you could you stick with your routine or what do you remember about going through that anticipation well it's just like it's the playoffs, like uh, I guess the regular season, one thing, but the playoffs just is so hyped around it, and, and especially like people from this city know it. That's when the when the playoffs started. Just uh, everyone's got stuff in their cars, everyone's got signs on their windows, and just kind of it like seems like all cities kind of get behind it really, really good. And it was just uh, it's a different feel for sure. It's it, it's tough to sleep at night because it's almost like Christmas Day for a lot of people and, and players, and it's just a fun day. And I think it's. Uh, I still remember back. Those are my fondest memories for sure. You, you you play the whole season for it, and then you get you finally get into it. It's just uh, it it is the uh, energy level and like and just like uh, everything just kind of brings it up like three three notches for sure. So you played most of your playoff career with Washington, but I think you made your playoff debut with the Columbus Blue Jackets. And, and do you remember your uh, this is the same stuff I asked Fernando because I think these are the best stories. I mean, do you remember your first few shifts? The first period or so of the playoff game, were you have a little uh, shell shocked at first? Did you have to make an adjustment as to how the game changed a bit in the postseason? Well, we when Columbus we made it, we we had the we had the tough task of facing the Red Wings at that time. So we we uh, we, we we were four and zero pretty quickly. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I just never uh, I just never run around like a maniac my first couple of shifts. It's like when I was first training camp, just trying to get. I don't know. Just like the energy, energy level is crazy, and especially playing the first couple of games in the Joe Louis Arena was kind of was kind of special too. And I think um, 
but it was just a, you know, the, the feeling you get when you, it's kind of like a kid again. You're just like, everyone, I mean, all the stats get thrown out the window. Like, no one's keeping, no one cares who scores anymore. No one, no one wants their cookies. No one wants their points. No one wants their, get their plus minuses. No one really cares anymore about all this stuff. It's just pure hockey the way it should be. I think it's just, that's, that's what playing hockey is so good. I think, uh, Everyone, everyone's working for that one common goal, which is which is awesome. Like, not not saying that other people got different agendas during the year, but I think uh, everyone wants their points, everyone wants their goals and assists, and good plus minus. And now, of course, seeing all that crap. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think I think it's, that's that's the best thing about playoffs. Like, just those that stuff is kind of thrown out the window, and away you go, right? All right, we got an update here. Uh, we'll see if Edmonton is in the top three or not. They are not. Edmonton will draft eighth overall. So, and the re- they've been bumped down. Chicago has jumped up into the top three. So it's all gone as planned, except for Chicago jumping somewhere into the top three that bumps Edmonton down to number eight. Bill Daly just flipped over that logo. Okay, I, I, you're an ex-player, so you'll be more honest. Do, do you think players not in the playoffs are watching the lottery like they'll not most of them would probably say like oh you know whatever i'm not a manager but do you, th- do you think guys are watching this no no how come <laughs> uh, no i don't think so no no just too no. too painful or too fr- too frustrating to worry about it i think it's just too frustrating i think most people are so like most people that uh unless you're unless you're like rebuilding and you know you don't have a chance to make the playoffs i think it's like still everyone's just Still, still kind of. I think they're still pissed they're not in the playoffs, so they they don't they, they try not to remind themselves that they're not in it for sure. Right. Uh, the Rangers have moved uh, into the top three here. I'm just keeping an eye on this. So uh, they would have been actually they were one ahead of the Oilers. So they've been they're going to jump up from six uh, into into the top three. Jason Chimera joining us on uh, Inside Sports, former Edmonton Oiler and a longtime Washington Capital. I, I got to ask you about those Capitals. Uh, some of those playoff drives. I mean, there was the whole thing you, you couldn't get past uh, Pittsburgh. I know you got to watch a lot of your former mates win the cup next year uh what, what do you ultimately think stopped a couple of those capitals teams that had great regular seasons from going a little deeper into the postseason um i think like a lot of time my scoring i know we lost in game seven a couple of times and i think uh just uh you know it wasn't uh, it just wasn't meant to be like we, we it wasn't like we did anything differently we kind of ran to pittsburgh seemed like you had, had, had our number there for a bit and, um and then a few game sevens we lost and just couldn't get that um, that goal when he needed it. I think it's just one of those timely things that just didn't happen. I think uh, it takes a lot of lot of uh, not not luck, but like a lot of uh, good things that go your way. And it's just uh, we didn't have those things go our way in game seven. Not uh, not from lack of effort, but uh, it just it just was for whatever reason it wasn't it wasn't to be at that moment. Did you ever have a teammate that you just thought, man, this dude is a different guy in the playoffs? Like he just he ratches it up, or he just seems to enjoy the moment or the spotlight a, a little more than he does in the regular season. Did you ever play with a guy like that? Uh, well, I always I I I, I when we, me and Joe Ward and then uh, uh, Danny Kadesov played against each other in playoffs. And Joe Ward is one of those guys who always came to. You know, and the guy you just talked to, Fernando Vassani, made you know he uh, he ratched his game up in playoffs, and for sure that one year for the Oilers it helped them. 
And uh, but uh, you know, Nicholas Backstrom was unreal in playoffs all the time. And uh, you you think back like the old guys, and you know, uh, Obi is always pretty a beast in playoffs. And those guys were just uh, I you, you could tell the. And it wasn't like uh, they took nights off, but like, we're just like they're on their game and just kind of you know you play against Sidney Crosby went, the way he played the playoffs. We're just like holy smoke! Cause I know I'm going <laughs> off the teammate thing, but just like people like that. Um, Joe Ward is one of those guys who kind of raised the level in playoffs for me. He's one of those guys who always kind of raised the level to a different different person for sure. Yeah, Joel, Joel Ward's a good one for sure. Uh, playoff goaltending. I, I mean, that's the, obviously the most pos- important position on the ice. Uh, Holtby was there in Washington. Who else did you have? Who was who did you have in Washington before Holtby? Did you have Varlamov uh, well, for a while? Yeah, well, Varlamov was there, and then uh, Theodore was there when right. he first got there. Um, and then uh, Varlamov was there for a while, and then Holtz came in and probably a couple of... Like, I think they won the Coleman Cup, and then he, he made it after that, I think. I, I don't know if he... After that, but he came up after that. He was kind of our goalie for after that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, t- take me through the the sort of mental ride of a series as well. Because, I mean, losing a playoff game, losing a game in overtime or a close game, it must feel so devastating. How oh, do you yeah. how do yeah. you avoid the sag after losing a, a, a tough game in a series? Well, you can't afford to. It's just one of those things you got to turn the page right away and kind of with both wins and losses, uh um, wins you can't uh, you can't get too high for sure until you until you win a series because um, three nothing is not safe two nothing is not safe in a series it's just, you just gotta kind of park it you know it, it's sometimes hard to like especially when you lose an overtime game you put a lot of emotion and, and uh, a lot of effort into it and then you lose it and then you're like holy smokes and it, but you got you got to park it right away it, it's literally that old you know the, the dumb cliches we have in hockey is one game at a time but it is you gotta you gotta you got to park. You got to reset your mind and kind of uh, do whatever you have to do. Have a beer, or, you know, smoke a joint. I guess nowadays, if you want, <laughs> <laughs> it's legal now, so you probably can say that. So you can but, say uh, it, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, you just got to kind of do whatever you need to do to get your best foot forward the next day. If, you know, if you guys got a day off, then that's even better. But come to practice with a new attitude, it's kind of um, the energy levels got to be on a constant high, and I think that's the biggest thing. The energy levels are. You gotta you gotta ratchet it up in playoffs. Every 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 game is gonna be your best. So, and there was a lot less. Now I, I've only covered the one Oilers playoffs where they made it two rounds, but Jason, they hardly ever practiced, or if they did, they were like remarkably short practices. Was that your experience too? To just yeah, save some yeah, energy? At the, it was. A, I think a towards uh, you want to save as much energy for playoffs. So I think it was more like to come in to watch some video and do some stuff and maybe change them. Change some things here and here. Uh, change your games. Try to you know in-game series kind of tweaks and what you have to do. And but most of it, most of it was optional, especially for the guys who played a lot. If like if Connor McDavid would, he would never be practicing for sure because he played so many minutes and you can't afford to um, waste waste your energy. Not waste your energy, but waste like have have any you know less energy if you practice the day before because those guys need as much energy as possible because they're going to play a lot. You rely on those big guys, and you don't want to tax them in practice for sure. So All right, Jason. Those, uh, yeah, we had a lot of days off, like in between games for sure, in, in the playoffs. A couple more quick ones for you. Jason Chimera joining us on Inside Sports. Draft lottery uh, 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 results are being announced now. The top three will be the Rangers, Chicago, and the Devils. We don't know what order. The Oilers will pick eighth overall. Uh, w- let people know what you're up to now. 
Uh, yeah, well, they hear, obviously here in Edmonton, like uh, we always had a place here, so we love the city. And uh, my my son played uh, CAC this year, and so we, we uh, Pee Wee's there. We played with that, that organization, which was great. Uh, Matt Davidson was a coach; he was an awesome coach. And then uh, my daughter played novice uh, this year; it's a second year novice. And Scott Marson was a coach there, and he was a he was an awesome guy, awesome coach too. So couldn't could ask for too much, too better coach for the kids to help help both teams and. Um, yeah, it was it was a fun year for sure. I, I got to see more more of their stuff this year than I did like five six years worth. So that that was pretty pretty cool for me to do. Jason, New Jersey's drafting first overall again. Oh, nice. Jeez. <laughs> you believe that? Yeah. Rangers second, Chicago. So so ever since Taylor Hall was the first overall pick himself, this is now going to be the fifth time he's played on the team that wound up with the first pick. That's a, a, an amazing bit of trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you like going in? Any team you think that really has it ramped up going into this year's postseason? You know, I've I've watched like obviously you're in the West here, so you see a lot of Calgary Flames games. They're they're you know they got a good team. They're pretty deep in forwards, and I know people question their goalies goaltending a bit, but Mike Smith's always been one of my favorite goalies. Like he could really wrap it up, and you know obviously Tampa and East is pretty good, but Washington, you know Washington's been playing some good hockey again. I, I don't. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they could repeat for sure, but uh, you always you know. But the Flames look. I, I think the Flames look pretty good here in the West. Yeah, I think they're going to come out of the West too. Jason, it's always great to catch up with you, man. Uh, I, I love chatting with you. Thanks for sharing some memories, and I'm glad things are going well for you back here uh, in Edmonton. We'll catch up this summer. Really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Reid. Always 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 good talking to you. That is Jason Chimera checking in tonight on Inside Sports on uh, 630 Chet as we kept you updated on the draft lottery throughout that. So the uh, New Jersey Devils, who were third coming into this, move up and get the number one pick. The New York Rangers were sixth coming into this uh, draft lottery. They move up to number two. And Chicago, who were uh, 12th, just checking my math. Yes, they were 12th. They move up to three. So one team from behind Edmonton jumped over Edmonton, that being Chicago. So the Oilers go down from seventh to eighth. So here's your first round order. Rangers, Blackhawks, Devils, Colorado, Kings, Wings, Sabres, Oilers at eight, Ducks at nine, Canucks at 10, and then Philly, Minnesota, Florida, Arizona, and Montreal. Montreal had just the 1% chance. So uh, there you have it. No lottery magic for the Edmonton Oilers. In fact, for the second straight year, they get bumped down a spot. So there'll be some uh, interesting players available at number eight. Uh, We'll have a lot of discussion on that uh, tonight and in the weeks to come. Or is that pick going to be in play? Is maybe this the year that the Oilers make the trade? Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach out texting 63630, phone number 7804960063. We're back after this break.
New Jersey Devils win the NHL draft lottery for the second time in the last three years. The Rangers move up to number two. Chicago moves up to number three. So the Oilers get bumped down from seven to eight in the first round. That is the story tonight. Uh, this texture says the uh, Hall trade for the Devils, huge value. Not only is he the MVP, he's a good luck charm to get the first picks. Former D-man Mark says, uh, hey, Reed, pretty costly win for the Oilers in their last game. Just joking, but damn. That is from former D-man Mark. And uh, another Mark says, uh, how can the Oilers not trade the pick away? They need to win and get into the playoffs now. That means next year. So they have to do what they have the, in order to make that happen. For how much this management says they need to change and make things better, well, here's their chance. If they don't do anything, then they haven't changed, and we are back to where we started, which is down in the dumps again. That is a text from Mark to 630, 630. I wondered when someone was going to mention winning the last game of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. It's a lottery. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, four years ago, I know people were saying that the Oilers finished too high by getting up to 28th, which isn't very high, by the way. Um, but then they f- were in the perfect spot for the 11.5% to move up and take McDavid. By the way, the Devils' odds today, 11.5% to move up and uh, have the chance to pick Jack Hughes. Mike from Ottawa is calling in. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Reed. How you doing, my man? Good. Uh, you kind of took the thunder away. Yeah, so four years ago, after we got McDavid, um, Matthews' draft came up. And I don't know if you'll remember, but the last game of the year, we were um, in the position that Toronto was in, and then we won, and they lost, and then they came fourth, and they won the or third, I believe, fourth or third, and then they won Matthews, which obviously McDavid and Matthews would have been crazy. But so the, Leafs saying, were last. the Leafs were last overall that year. They held on to the top pick. For Matthews? Yep. So what was the year that the orders? I think it was the two, three years ago, maybe, where we would be the last game of the year. We won, they lost, and then flipped the position over between us two. Remember that was within. I'll have to look it up. I think it's three years ago potentially. I don't think it was the year with the Leafs. Uh, there was the year the Nurse Monahan draft. I think the Oilers won. Yeah, I think maybe the, it was. And I think the Kane draft. Geez, I wasn't even doing this job then. We've been in so many drafts, it's almost a blur, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, my, I, I know people are going to... But, but, I mean, it's a lottery, yeah. and it's... I know, You know, the yeah. guy pressing the button to start the fan a tenth of a second later could change the lottery. You got it. And, and as a mathematical guy, from my basis of where I come from, I'm trying to convince myself that if we did be, lose to the Flames because the Rangers won that night, it wouldn't have came the same way that it would have happened today, right? Yeah. You know, so you, you just, you know, but it's, it does. I'm watching the draft with my kids and they were like three years old when we got McDavis. They didn't understand, but now they're old enough to understand. And they were, they were, we were all hoping that we would have got one, two or three, even Capo Caco would have been nice. But talking about the eighth, um, I'm sort of a, so with that texture too on the lines that we, you know, depending on who the GM is and his negotiation skills, I, I it might be time to look at what we can get for that. I think that's, the way to go. I mean, I, I hear a lot of people talking that this year the top 10 are really good, so as long as you're in the top 10, you'll get a good player, but I think we all know the top two are going to be much better than the other sure. players. And I, that's that's what I'm hoping. So whether it's um, Keith Gretzky or whoever else ends up being the GM is that we can really I guess I guess my overall hope is we can get our acting gear, get our GM before the draft, get everything in order, 
make a good trade and let's excel these Oilers into the playoffs next year. Because, I mean, if we do 13 out of 14 years, we'll break a record in the NHL. It's never been done before of missing yep. playoffs. And I think, you know, we need we need playoffs, I think, and Connor needs playoffs, and everybody does. So, so you know, bittersweet. But you know what? We could have been 10th, right? So, Yeah, true. Thanks, Mike. Hey, thanks. Have a good night, guys. That's Mike from Ottawa, and we also have Grant calling in on line two. Hey, Grant. Hey, how's it going, Reed? Quite well. Good. Hey, uh, just wanted to put my two cents worth in on the draft there. Sure. Um, I think the orders are sitting not too bad with apes. I think uh, I read the uh, the interview between Jason Greger and Keith Gretzky, and I think Gretzky showed a lot of class when he said the we we picked in kind of clumping them. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on hook on the hook for all those all the trades, you know, what which were good trades and which were bad trades. But you know what? It's got a lot of class. And I think uh, I think he's done his homework. And you know what? I think he's paid his dues. And you know what? He's not he's not Wayne. He's a different guy. He's Keith. And I think he uh, deserves a chance. And you know what? He can't do any worse than any of the other, some of the other clowns they've had in there. So... That's kind of my two cents worth. Yeah, I mean, he might wind up getting it, and that's going to be a fun show the night that happens because some people are going to be irate. I, I don't know if he's if he's the top choice, but I don't know if the best choices are going to want the job. I, I, I mean, if you're Kelly you know, McCrimmon, that, Seattle's pretty appealing, I think. Oh, for sure. Well, for sure. You know, you, know, you look at uh, when Vegas chose Gerard Gallant for the head coach, you're thinking that he... He didn't jump at that chance. That Vegas didn't say, "Okay, we're going to put together the best team on paper as well as odds, the best positional, all this sort of stuff." Right? You didn't yeah. think that they didn't go through that ahead of time and say, "Okay, you know what, Gerard, you'd be an awesome fit to coach these guys." And I wouldn't be surprised if he is in one of the top runners for Coach of the Year again this year. Yeah, he'll get some votes. I don't think he'll win it this year, but he'll get some no, votes for sure. Definitely. But it's, you know, it's a crapshoot just like with first overall pick. Could be a boss. It could be, you know, it could be a, a winner. You just never know. That's why it's called a lottery. Grant, thanks for calling. Thanks, Reed. Cheers. Take care. That is Grant, 780-496-0063. So the Devils win the draft lottery. They'll pick first overall. Edmonton will pick eighth in the first round. Rob Brown, when we get back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.